can snakes eat other snakes? Yes. Yes. Yes? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I love how we all okay. have dancing. <laughs> there they go, the clown and the two thugs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down. I am at B in the house today. We have Abstergo Abbey. Howdy, howdy. Man, the panda. Hey, hey. The executioner. Eat the rich with barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. And my road dog, Shayna Shay. Oh, what's up? Yeah, feeling that energy. And today we have an awesome, action-packed, fun-filled show lined up for you. We are talking about the film Agent Revelation with none other than Mr. Wharf himself, Michael Dorn. And we're talking about Batman, Soul of the Dragon. This is a new DC animated movie, which actually does not star Batman. It features Batman. And we'll tell you what that's about in just a few. We'll also talk about Lupin, the new Netflix series. Not the animated movie that came out in 2020, but the new Netflix. That's called Lupin uh, the Third. Well, I mean, I think people know when they see that, a skinny white dude and this, a really D's black dude, I feel like they'll know that something might be different. We're talking about part one, because part two <laughs> yes. has not been released and there is no current release date. So normally no, we, we wait for the whole film, thing. They are filming it, apparently. Correct. Yes. We'll let you know about that in just a few as well. And then we will also talk about Billionaire Island. This is a new graphic novel from Ahoy Comics with, dude, um, I, I know it was written. It takes time to write these things and produce them and bring them out. But just the release of this. They just, they just pay attention. I'm they saying, just. <laughs> they, 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 are, they are forecasting doom and we are deep in it. But now let's talk about the film Agent Revelation now. As I mentioned, this is Agent Revelation, an action sci-fi thriller film written, directed, and starring uh, Derek Ting. This is the dude who stars in the movie playing Jim Young. And Jim Young is a rejected CIA analyst uh, who's exposed to an, ancient, to, to an ancient dust that killed off his team. Um, inexplicably, it killed off his team, yet he somehow survived. Not only did he survive, it made him into like some sort of ridiculous super soldier and he can communicate with aliens. Now, um, when the secret organization uh, with no real ties to any existing government operation uh, starts working with uh, working with Jim to discover why aliens uh, have the aliens have returned to Earth. The truth is a price to be paid here. Now, I'm going to kick it over to Effocutioner. You sure? Your thoughts. Am I sure? I'm very sure. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Uh, Lay it on us. What are your thoughts on Agent Revelation? Oh, okay. Well, story-wise, I was actually a little bit confused. I had to go back and re-understand because I wasn't really too familiar on the dust. And I, I guess I didn't realize it had different properties besides like you communicating with the aliens. So I was a little bit confused that the dust was able to, you know, if person dies near you and they transfer then apparently you can get their abilities and then apparently a part of their soul is within you and then the whole communication process and then like the energy thing is i was just a little bit confused story-wise i'm not gonna lie but i i will say that for this movie with the budget and everything about it i gotta say I'm, i'm very impressed at the creativity that they did um, especially like with the energy balls, uh, the weapons, <laughs> uh, so the combat was semi okay. It's just it's like I, I can see that they tried, and I see there's some potential in this movie, man. I just wish they had either increased the budget or did 
there's, I mean, you could clearly see some of the Apple products in the background if if you pay attention kind of close enough. Like, uh, well, this is the kind of this is the kind of movie where I don't think they were going for any kind of legit um, product placement. I think it was mostly this was guerrilla filmmaking uh, from someone who just managed to get that bottom rung of what a Hollywood movie would be, and all of that or most of that went to. I won't say the stunt casting of like people like Michael Dorn. A lot of people in this have like actual credits to their name. It's not like we're watching a glorified student film, but on some level, quality wise, we're watching a glorified student film. I think yeah. a lot yes. of favors were called in to get some of the people in this that are in this. And the rest of it, the stuff you're referring to, I think was just best case scenario of, yo, we need a location. Um, we need to, we need equipment and props. Um, we need costumes. What can we get from who? Try to make it look not shit. But they did. I, th I think I think they did. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I like like it, this this film definitely was like a if you took like a comic book and ripped every single like literally like word for word ripped it from the pages of a comic book, plastered it onto like a movie screen and then just didn't remove any of the sort of comic bookness of the film, this is what that movie is. Yeah, that should be okay. That should be kind of a good thing when you're like, yo, I'm watching crazy action. I'm watching this wild story that was way out there. And man, I'm so riveted by how ridiculous this is. And, and I'm sitting at yeah. home watching this like, ah, uh, all right. So <laughs> was that supposed to be as awkwardly delivered as it was? That's what I'm yeah, saying. exactly. But I didn't want to make fun of that though, because it's just like you could see the the effort behind. Each... The effort was there. Yes, so, man. I'm making I'm making fun of it. You know so what? So it's like you know I'm I found making it fun funny. of it because this is okay. I'm, I want to talk. I know he's not the star or anything. I want to talk about Michael Dorn's appearance in this. Michael Dorn, oh, as I mentioned, is an actor who is most famous for playing uh, Mr. Worf on Star Trek: The Next Generation, on Deep Space Nine, all across the Star Trek franchise installments one of the most well-known too. He's an actor who's got that pedigree, but known for playing that character and a few other side roles. So you may or may not know his actual face face when he's not under makeup. But um, knowing that's where he comes from, you're like, this is a dude who's got like years of acting chops and experience and I like his stuff, or maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I like his stuff and I'm watching my man here and everyone else is kind of lackluster, but I'm like, yo, when this dude, he played Alistair, the funder and CEO of this operation. So when Alistair comes on, you're gonna see some gravitas. You're gonna see some legit, yeah. you know, you're gonna see some, some, some legit prowess. You're gonna see some chops. You're gonna see someone who's bringing this whole production to life. And he comes on, does like a bootleg Hadouken, and then he's gone in like seconds. So we haven't done nothing. It's, it's, so, it's an earth ball. Yo, I, I, I did love his, character in the film because I didn't know what to expect from him as an actor You've never in this seen film him outside, I've, uh, I've never seen oh, him really? outside of Next Generations. I've oh. only seen him as Worf. So I was like, I wonder <laughs> what's going to happen. And then here we are with this like Tai Chi movement, like feel the, feel the energy type like person that's totally like, you know, not his character in Deep Space or nine and next generations and i'm like this man has such like depth i guess is the best way in such like okay. his his acting like i didn't know what to expect but he managed to pull that off really well even with the sort of 
pre-existing like thoughts I had of him. You got the exact opposite uh, reaction that I did then. <laughs> so wait, what was your reaction then? I thought his character was watered down. I thought it was very, um, I don't know, subdued. And I was a little bummed out by that because I thought at the very least, like I'm watching this thinking, oh, all of this I'm very unimpressed by. You know, I acknowledge they tried their asses off and sometimes it just doesn't hit. But when Michael Dorn steps in the frame, because you don't see him right away, when Michael Dorn gets on this mother, it's gonna be it's gonna be mind blowing. It's gonna it's gonna turn this whole thing around. And yeah. all it did was when Michael Dorn gets in, oh, there he goes, were he's talking and, <clears throat> But see, that's your well, problem. You thought, my, like, you thought Michael was just gonna come in and just give like the Shakespearean performance. Yeah, and me, like, I was expecting him to just come in and be like, you know what, I'm so good. I'm just gonna casually just wing it. I, I bet that was just him. Like, I don't even I, think he acted. He just came in and he was like, I'm gonna be myself. Yeah, it. like my sort of interpretation of him on the film is they didn't want him to be the only one carrying the film, and because of that he was like i don't want to be the one carrying the film i want to be like i don't want to be like the only reason people see this film i want to be just another actor playing another character and yeah i was a bit disappointed that his character was a lot more lackluster than i thought it would be it was still like i was still happy to see him and to be like huh michael dorn's in this i but like i also have to recognize that like for everything else about this movie that just made me want to go to sleep. Um, it was sort of like a production that a lot of people put their hearts and minds into and they didn't want Michael Dorn or his character to be the only thing people remember from it. Okay, let's talk about the rest of the production then. Uh, the, the, the story here is, as I mentioned about, uh, we follow Jim and the secret organization. What the hell was the ultimate goal of the secret organization? Because at one point I thought they were training soldier, like volunteer soldiers to fight these aliens. And then uh, at another point, it seems that's a, that takes a, um, a, a, a backseat to the main story, which is them creating genetics to counteract the dust. And I thought that was a major plot point until we realized the scientists almost never interacts with the soldiers in the force. Uh, occasionally, uh, she's there at the bedside when um, Jim wakes up or uh, when someone's having some sort of uh, like psychological trauma or when the dude that we see die at the start. And that's not a spoiler because it happened in like the first two minutes of the movie, if even that long, um, yeah. is just repeatedly in therapy. And then he's talking to Jim and it's like, is this a dream? Is it awake? This person is not involved with the mental weirdness at all, yet she's also there talking to, like, what the hell is going on? And every time I thought I had it figured out, I did not. And this is reading the synopsis, watching the movie to the very end, which to me was also unsatisfying, like, Yo, I don't even this, understand man? that ending. Like, I, I don't, that, I, was, I was confused. I told you. Oh, I yeah, was, uh, I, man. I didn't fully understand what they were trying to do. So that just made me confused. <laughs> All right, well, um, the story with the soldiers is they put them into a gauntlet, which looks like- Oh, are um, we gonna talk about the gauntlet scene? Oh, talk oh about, my talk, God. Talk about, yo, talk about the gauntlet, talk about the okay, gauntlet. Okay, man, so are we talking about the first time when like Jim just like comes in and he's like facing, what is it, the opposite team? Cause no, they like make the fun of that No, player. Chain. Who is this you don't, kid, you don't bro? Know. Like, yeah, no, that, that's the thing that, yeah, Abby, I'm glad you said that. They glossed over that. 
Oh, yeah, they're, like, they're, like, they're like with this gauntlet they, that they're training gauntlet this is how you're training your oh, right. oh. supposed <laughs> um like paramilitary operation is you have them do a single player campaign and then a multiplayer player campaign, campaign. Yeah, it's like, like uh it's like it's like it's like paintball man yeah it literally is just them like in a video game it's like yeah. them trying to beat the robots and then them defeating the robots and then going up a level and then beating the robots and then once you get to a certain level you do like a co-op thing where like you're with other people instead of single player and then you have to like like beat the robots and it's like like is there like you know no... there's a part in the movie where the what is it one of the officers says that they don't go up to like the higher levels like six seven or eight because oh no we can't we can't do that it's right it's too tough for them and it's just like, it's like isn't that the point of you training because you're gonna face these aliens or whatever so don't you want to train at the higher levels in order to prepare for the the booty butt cheeks of a whooping you about to take you know like no but the people that did not follow the lessons of goku that's what happened there no but the thing is is like those higher levels are also like set to kill and like hurt and maim i'm just like why though why incorporate like set to kill if you need these soldiers to fight against the aliens i don't know man you know what you know what i got from this and abby you might not understand this reference but i think i think the rest of y'all might this seemed like if they try to do a gritty reboot of a single episode of pete and pete no yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, that's what I got there. It's, it's 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 like, oh man, I woke up from this dream. Let's do this. Where's my team? Scientists, eight-year-old child, cool, let's rock. Like I did see a lot of ambition here. I do applaud them for having um for for wisely using the budget that they had. It just didn't hit for me. That's all. You know, and I mean we're making fun of we're making fun of some weird stuff, but I really did see effort here. You know, I really did see cats putting forward their best foot sometimes your best foot just isn't best but i mean it is what it is for me it's a thumbs down but i also want to emphasize that it's not a thumbs down because yo this was the worst time i ever had in my life or anything it's just a thumbs down because everything i thought would be serious and everything i try to take seriously and focus on in this just turned around and and hit me with something subpar uh i'm going to have to agree with you it is a thumbs down for me um I mean, I thought this was going to be a good movie. I was just too confused most of the time. And I wanted to try and understand what was going on, but non-linear. I guess is the best way to put it. And I didn't like it. All right, now, Efficutioner, <laughs> you have been telegraphing your feelings this whole time. So go ahead and tell us. <laughs> You know, I, I think I understand why Goku doesn't train or, or like Goku doesn't go, you know, straight Super Saiyan or Super Saiyan guy when he fights, man. Because I, I swear, I think if Michael had just went all out, this movie would have been really embarrassing. But this is a thumbs down. They tried. I see the potential behind it. But, you know, like use this as an opportunity to come back and impress me. Or to be honest, you should have just went straight with the crazy random you should have just made a, a comedy trope. I don't know, but I, I do see the potential. Just, I don't know. You tried, man. That's all I can say. Good for you. You tried. Good shit. 
Good job. You, you know what? It was it was nice prestigious review you gave the Intel the clap. That's just that's just ice cold, man. What? They tried. Uh, the the, the movie the movie is called Agent Revelation. It's available next. It's available now on like every streaming network. If you can, if you can. Uh, search no, you'll find it. it. Excuse me. Every, yeah, every off brand. You know, you go to Vudu, you go to Redbox, all of those. And <laughs> Yo, man, go to YouTube. You'll it, find it. Yeah, you know. Um, I think With it's ads. on YouTube too. You can watch on YouTube with ads. It's called Agent Revelation, uh, Agent Revelation, starring uh, Michael Dorn. I actually have the full list here. Let me bring up a few of these because I, I want to give these people justice. Uh, starring Derek Ting, Michael Dorn, uh, Kayla Ewell, who I kept mistaking for like three of the actresses. Uh, she played. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> no, I did too. I did too. Yeah. But shout out to Derek Ting. I thought he did a pretty great job. Also, uh, keep an eye out for Marika Cunningham, who played his girlfriend, uh, Dr. Angela Porter, or as I call her, uh, bargain basement Sandra Bullock. Now, let's talk about Batman's Soul of the Dragon. I want to get the impressions from Shayna and Amanda, but first, let's talk about Batman's Soul of the Dragon, which is a direct-to-video DC animated film, but one of the few that's not based off of an existing DC story from beginning to end. This one's set in the 1970s where you find Bruce Wayne teaming with a bunch of DC's like world-renowned martial artist characters, including um, Richard Dragon, uh, um, uh, Ben Turner, who, uh, if you're not familiar with that, with that, with that name, he's Bronze Tiger in the DC universe, and Lady Shiva, among a few others. Um, they get together to battle monsters that are trying to take over this world through very specific means, and these means are also coincidentally what links Richard, Ben, Bruce, and a couple other people uh, from training Eon to go in Nanda Parbat. So, Shayna, what are your impressions of Batman's Soul of the Dragon? It's a, it's, I find it very ironic that Batman's name is first in the title. <laughs> so, uh, I, I agree with you, but break that down to the people, please. Because Batman's in it for like 15 minutes. You actually start the story with Richard Dragon and essentially you're following him as he gathers up his, the, his fellow old students um, to essentially finish the mandate of their master and defeat an evil demon from another dimension. Well, actually, hold on. Let me correct you there real quick because you follow Richard for most of it, but you start with my homeboy. You need to clarify. Yeah, because that that could be taken in multiple. Right. Man. Yeah. Yo, exactly. Let the mind wander. My man, <laughs> no, no. Yo, I you don't start off with this cat eating the mouse on okay. screen like and mind mind you he un, he he releases snakes and you're like okay he's got this mouse for his pet snakes or his mouse for these snakes that are doing the thing off screen and it's like nah brings it to his no. mouth and then i'm like nah don't do it i don't do it. i know it's animated but don't do it and he yeah and that's, thing. that's yeah, how I we never start off this that mess. mouse was for the snakes I thought the mouse for the snakes. They got me. I didn't they got me because i looked at this like a metaphor because like he himself is a snake Exactly. Mm. Also because that mouse is too small to feed all those snakes or even one of them. And I was like, he's going to eat that mouse, isn't he? Well, I, was, I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> it, it. It brings up another question. Can snakes eat other snakes? Yes. Yes. Yes? yes? Okay. Yes. <laughs> I love how we all okay. had the answer. <laughs> we all had the answer. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I thought know? about a moment, but yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking Shana. like, the, Shana was like, 
but like that small mouse isn't enough to feed all those snakes so the snakes can eat the other snakes for Dude, food. you know where i learned that <laughs> y'all remember um at uh well i know i found it at canopy lake but i'm pretty sure it's a staple of like all old uh, amusement parks they would have those machines canopy you would lake. put the um you, you put your quarter in or by 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 my yeah. time it's like you put 75 cents in and then you crank it and it shows you the old 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 ass uh uh, film reel. Yes, really just a yeah. yes. On paper that flipped by, and it would be mm -hmm. like, "Hey, watch an old scene." And I was like, "Yo, what can I see?" And I'm a weird little kid, so I'm like, "Yo, snake eating snake." And it was actually old footage of one snake just wow, 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 another snake. This has nothing <laughs> to do with anything, Shayna. I'm sorry, we cut you off. Please <laughs> fine, fine. And... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you follow, yes, you start with State Guy and yet another time where a poor sex worker is being exploited in a terrible, terrible way by a bad guy. That <sighs> makes me sad. Um, but anyway, but after that, you meet Richard Dragon, who is like Bruce Lee if he was 007. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Lee, but James Bond. I would well, he, he's, he's a that sounds of, like a valid movie. Yeah. I mean, if only that could have happened, that would have been awesome. Well, he's but, a conglomeration of several like different 70s tropes into one Asian actor, which in itself was I mean, another conglomeration of 70, several 70s tropes. This thing was Bruce 70s Lee. out the waz. It's, it's Bruce Lee, though. And that's the thing. As I was watching it, realizing everything was taking place in the 70s, I was like, so the Asian character is going to look like Bruce Lee because he was the coolest Asian guy in the 70s. Well, and in his look, I got more. Guy, and the black guy is going to be essentially Jim Kelly. I did like that, though. <laughs> I, I like that. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I did. I, I personally did. Man, no, I, like, like, I could just see that. Simple. I could just see it. I was like, OK, so he's Jim Kelly. I was like, what, I was like, what What's the odds if I look up this character and they say the inspiration was Jim Kelly? And I'm like, you know, and I sit there and go, yes. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with that though? Right, that's what I'm saying. Nothing's wrong with it. It's just that whenever something takes place in the 70s and there has to be a black dude who does martial arts, it's modeled after Jim Kelly. I just, I just think it's funny that this movie was in yes. 2021 and we're still relying on, you know, exploitative narrative vision when we could really, we, we have so many things that think outside of the box, right? Right now, like, why? Like, they could have, they could have done something, especially with this very original story that isn't tied to canon already. Like, they could have, they could have, done something more with this well, instead of relying people liked exploitation movies like it was, oh. I, was, I was about to say they could, have <laughs> they could have incorporated jewish space lasers you, you know a, ironically enough that's a little too current of a reference but like, i'm like yo uh, I think, I, think I think at first just need to do uh oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say i think at first just looking at the title I was like, oh, are we going to get, like, I thought there might be some weird time travel because I'm like, Batman, Kung Fu, the 70s, maybe? Like, before even going into it, I was like, how, I mean, how is he getting to the 70s? It, it wouldn't be the first time because there's that, like, a Batman Samurai movie that came right. out a couple like, of years ago. I, I was, I was expecting <laughs> it to be a little zanier than it than it was like they played it a little bit more straight than i was expecting <laughs> with just, that title 
Like, is it just me or are we just going through Batman through the ages lately? Because we had <laughs> this one that was last was Gaslight last year or the year before, I forget. Batman oh, yeah. in like the 1920s. Yes, I, I saw that one. Maybe. Maybe. But like I just and I mean, and I'm not saying I disliked what this movie did, just you know, we're in 2021. Like we we we've had the, this growth in animation and like expression and stuff, and like it, it kind of felt like oh we can just do this. Like we we have this in the pocket. We could just do this and throw this out here, and like that kind of felt like a uh like my shoulders dropped a little bit mm -hmm. about that. Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think that sometimes you just need something for an escape. You know, there's yeah. no, there's no like legit plan going in. There's no intent and there's no tie-in. You know, a lot of times that stuff just feels forced. And this was just a bottle. Yeah. It's the bottle film that existed in its Book own end. for anyone who's- Beginning to end, close, done. Nothing will ever creep out of it. It's well, its own little thing. Okay, Maybe. well, let's talk well, Let's talk about that, that, that aspect specifically. Because this was not just a bookend. The way they ended this pissed me off so much. <laughs> I'm because like, how there's dare no you? Room for a sequel? Yeah, I'm like, how, I was with you this whole time. Like, oh, you die of down. But I, I, I don't Why think do that I, though. Because I feel like DC isn't really investing in the interconnected storylines since they ended the 52 storyline with the animated movies. So yeah. they may not be wanting to do interconnected interconnected stories anymore so like the movies are probably going to not be open-ended i mean i think i think dc's movies. figured out that they if they jumped on it now like if they try to jump into that big multiverse thing that they're just going to be always critiqued you know compared to marvel who's done it better and right out kind of out of the gate so they need to find a totally different for them to stand out, they have to find something that's nuanced and intrinsic to them. So I don't think they're going to do that. Just do the inverse. Why not just do a, a villain cinematic universe? Like, come on, it's just Joe. Joe, just they're, flip it. I just literally flip like it, like a, and you'll you'll like succeed. A, like a crime syndicate um, uh, based story because they've yeah, done man, that. Yeah, man, create the create the, awesome. the 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 League of Villains or um, the Legion of Doom. Yeah, they've done that. They've done that a few times, actually, and it it produced some of the best, um, uh, some of the best uh, DC animated movies, dude. Okay, Shane, help me out here because I'm genuinely blanking on the name. What was that one that had um, the Justice League, but they it had their alternate origins where Superman oh. had. Like Superman the, was like a villain. He had like the goatee. Uh, the 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 Owl Gods Man one. I think it was Gods and Monsters. Yeah, it was it was it was really good. It was really good, and it was it was it centered on still the Justice League, but as villains, not as heroes. You know. Yes, yeah. it is. God's monsters was played by entirely okay. different um, characters in the DC pantheon. But yeah. yes, what would it be like if these people were Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman mm -hmm. specifically? Dude, I thought I thought it was dope. Like it's a thing that they've done. The thing is, I like the DC, the animated universe is willing to take chances. I just thought that some I, I thought I think sometimes and in this one, it, this being another avenue of that, they take chances. They do interesting stories, which this one was an interesting story. But the thing is, they might be scared to branch out in those. No, they'll take a chance and do something that's still within a safe realm. 
you know, this is 2021. How long ago were the 70s? You know, when you did this kind of stuff in the 90s, it was 20 years ago. It's not that long ago. When you did this kind of stuff in the in the in the 2000s, yeah, I guess that's, that's it was a while ago. But I mean, it's still kind of prevalent stuff. Now, dude, that is that is 50 years ago, and you still setting stuff back then where 50 years ago. I mean, it's not even that it's like niche and kitsch right now. It's literally just old stuff that you're bringing to the forefront because they haven't i don't know they haven't taken or maybe they're afraid to take those steps towards uh more contemporary retro uh kitsch i don't and know I mean, I mean as much as much as much smack as we talked about properties like um well specifically uh wonder woman 84 at the early setting it in the 80s made room for a lot of different tropes uh oh, they yeah. could throw in for both comedic and for like solid story effect and branching things in the in the 80s and the 90s even in the early aughts because that is now 20 years ago there's room for it and i don't think they're taking advantage i have yet to see them fully take advantage of it from a retro standpoint i, I think this is specifically though that um because these four characters are supposed to be four of the best martial artists in the dc universe mm -hmm. um they did it in this time frame, probably because that was the heyday of the Kung Fu movie. Like, that's probably why the Kung Fu movie was really big in the 70s. Like, my mom, that's what she grew up doing when she was a teenager. She went, went she to the movies with Kung her Fu. friends. Well, no, she like, went to the movies with her friends and go see Kung Fu double feature. She had a big crush on Bruce Lee. It was a whole thing. Um, Like, it was pretty common. And that's actually where, like, where Kung Fu becomes present, really, prevalent in black culture too because who was going to see those sheet double features largely black people so like damn i was gonna say abby ah oh, you got me honestly no, i would something have. that happened 30 years before she was born yes i know I, I, I know it's amazing yeah <laughs> no no they, they yeah. would have been front and center buying their ticket like you know i, I want to see I would, I, film yeah no no womb, but i would have watched uh karate kid because i'm a huge fan of cobra kai so i would have been watching cobra karate kid so which took place in the 80s i know it took yeah. place in the 80s yeah. i really do like cobra kai and the karate kid franchise okay so but like the karate kid franchise is is based off the nostalgia of the people who watch the kung fu on um, double features in the 70s yeah, it is true. what it is all right well in batman oh. soul of the dragon we follow richard dragon which i like that they didn't set this following another batman origin blank this was actually another character who's related to Batman, and he brings in Batman as a as a feature, as um, someone who's going to help his mission, which is, I mean, it's it's their mission, but he's not the one we're following. We're following Richard Dragon as he collects his old team. These are cats who train together, and I like the voice. I like the the actors they chose for the voices. They really, um, most of them, I think, captured this. Batman was a little dry. But at least he had like a good dichotomy between Bruce Wayne and Batman. And Michael Jai White, I'm kind of surprised th that he did kind of a different inflection for um uh, for Bronze Tiger. This is more more like the voice he did for uh for the for the Arrowverse properties. So I mean, he's, mm. he's actually doing all right. I thought he would just come. I thought he was gonna be Black Dynamite again. So I'm, no. I'm glad. I'm, so I'm, I'm glad there was a change. I'm not hating on Black yeah. Dynamite. This I was just not. But the that's place probably that's why the change in inflection he didn't want to. Yeah. He's trying and, to channel his best Jim Ke Kelly without being, you know, stereotyped. <laughs> With all that and the story itself, it wasn't bad, but it honestly, 
Like I was, I was watching the whole thing like, because I'm like, this is like just on the cusp of good. And I, I know it's just, it just, it's just going to get to that one scene where it's like, okay, there it is. So they were just building this whole time. And now, and then before, before, while I'm still watching, like waiting, they open that door and they walk in and then credits. I'm like, what? whoa, you know? So, I mean, for that, it's a thumbs down. And that's the thing. It wasn't bad. It just never got good for me. You know, the, for me, the whole time it was just, average and i hate to say that about a dc animated movie because those have been some of our best reviews you know we've had great times yeah. watching them but for me this one was a thumbs down it's a soft thumbs down but it is a thumbs down Very amanda so i haven't watched a dc animated movie in a while and it's not because they're not good just i think i've always kind of aimed or sat on the you know marvel and mutant side of things a little bit more than dc um personally so i mean i think the last batman movie i watched was like the phantasm movie <laughs> goes to the phantasm. which was the best batman movie <laughs> like that one that one i go back to every once nobody in a while. gets to argue about that we'll agree or disagree <laughs> um uh, but <laughs> but you know even even you know with the pandemic and like you know theaters and stuff being down like this definitely screams like a you know straight to dvd straight to streaming movie um i didn't see much of this being like a the next blow up um at all but i mean like you said it was okay for what it was but like did it did it blow my mind and make me want to relive you know the 70s well no because i wasn't even in the 70s so no um but neither it, was i don't worry but I mean, like, I, I, I give some credit, but it's definitely not something that I would go back to. And it's definitely not something I think if I had small kids, like, not that I have oh, any, but if I did, I wouldn't put this on and be like, yeah, go watch that movie. Like, well, this is not for kids. No, but I'm just, you know, if I was going to put on a Batman, it would, it would be anything else. So thumbs down. All right, that's fair. That's fair. It's a very judicious assessment. And put out the caveat, you don't have any kids that you know about. I mean, so it, Shana, it, it, yeah. it doesn't work that way with women. <laughs> that was the joke. Thank you for 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 steamrolling over that, Shana. Your thoughts? Um. Okay. Oh, just to be the descending opinion, I'm gonna give it kind of like a soft thumbs up. I was hey. entertained enough. I I would say it's good for a, at least a one time watch. I don't know how well it would hold up with repeat viewings. Um. I was entertained enough. But I will say it is one of those movies that I called a lot of what was going to happen before it happened. And that's mostly a me thing. But... You'll you be doing that though, watching it's like, that Bruce Wayne guy, I bet he's gonna be Batman. Check it out. Watch this. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, like, other than like a couple little jokes that I just got were a little lame here and there. The animation was pretty good. The action scenes were pretty good. I did feel like it ran a little long in a couple places. So, soft thumbs up. All right, all right. Actually, split. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised at that. Um, I, I thought, I, I thought I may have been a little hard on this one, but uh, like, I, I think there's at least enough grounds for that to be a fair assessment. So, I'll, I'm glad. I'm glad we got. I'm glad we got different views on it. But it's called Batman: The Soul of the, Excuse me, Batman: Soul of the Dragon. It's out now. You can catch it on multiple uh, streaming platforms. And dude, it's an uh, interesting period piece. Check it out. Now, let's talk about Lupin. 
This is the uh, this is part one of the two part Netflix t uh, series. Um, it's about uh, well, Lupin is a French mystery thriller series uh, following Hassan Diop. Um, he's a charismatic thief and the master of disguise. He's inspired by and this is important. He's inspired by the events, uh, the adventures, excuse me, of uh, master thief Arsène Lupin. Uh, this is a dude First. who's a, an actual uh, literary figure in a series of uh, fiction mystery books, uh, very popular in France, very popular in the world, but also created in 1905. So that's the era we're talking about for the story. He's the gentleman thief and very famous. Now, not to be confused with Lupin III, the more contemporary uh, uh, anime that's based on uh, anime uh, manga series that's based off of the same property. So in Lupin the Third, that's one guy who's a direct descendant of Arsène Lupin. This Netflix series is about a guy in current, you know, modern day France who's inspired by those books. So it's not the same character. You need to make that clear up front because there's been a lot of confusion about that. Now, the story here is when Diop's father is framed uh, for the theft of an expensive necklace um, by uh, the dude he works for, this, uh, the rich and powerful Hubert Pellegrini, as I call him, uh, Monsieur Douchebag. Uh, he, <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, nice job on the pronunciation. Thank you, thank you. Uh, his dad ends up hanging himself in prison. Uh, so now the story takes place where we jump in. It's 25 years later. Um, Asan, he gets some new information. Uh, he gets some new information about his dad from his dad. Uh, and he sets out to get revenge on the Pellegrini family and expose uh, Hubert's crimes. So, uh, dude. This the, the, the series bugged out. I, I I enjoyed this. I do think that I enjoyed the first couple episodes more than the last couple, but I mean, I, I was very impressed with this. Like I thought this was going to be just another version of Lupin the Third starring a brother, and I thought that was going to be the big hook, you know. And I'm waiting for okay, where where's any got? I gotta see how they do that mustache and beard combo, you know. But instead, I thought it was very cleverly done, man. I like the acting of uh, Omar Sy. Um, who's cast as Lupin in this? And I, well, okay. First of all, I enjoyed it, but let's get some let's get some thoughts on the roundtable here. Uh, I'm going to kick it over to you, Shana. Give us your impressions, please, of Lupin. Uh, and right as I do, I just wanted to um, just let you know because I checked out some of the behind the scenes stuff for um, Lupin, and they specifically wanted to make a character that was a tribute to the literary character opposed to just have him be the character. Mm -hmm. It was like a whole big behind the scenes decision. Cause I think original, that was the original thought process just to make a modern day Lupin character. Well, make the character into modern day, but then they were like, no, let's let's make a, let's do a send up of the character. Cause apparently this character is very um, important to like the French people. like. For oh, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like their version of Robin Hood. Um, to him, it's he's there. It's, it's their Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. It's their their James Bond. It's their like he's their folk hero. Yes. You know, um, he's their folk hero that's carried over. You may think it's 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 you know uh, it's Poirot. Now forget that dude with his weird mustache. It's Arsène no, Lupin. I'm Oh, I'm sorry. I, I talk ill about Poirot, and that's what sets Banda off, really. Well, just, Poirot wasn't written by a French person either. I, so I know, but Hercule Poirot right, is I, all right. Well, I'm anyways, a, I'm a, I'm a mystery lover. That's why I scoffed because I I'm a mystery lover. Well, then I you should detectives. know the greatest mystery. Uh, the greatest mystery protagonist is Doctor Halogen of those two minute mystery books. I have all of them. They're amazing. Now, and also to be fair, about... even the writer of those mysteries said that Poirot was 
was not an exactly a, yeah he wasn't the best person um, <laughs> i agree no no um he was but, also a douchebag but no, um, I'm, I'm, I, wait, real quick i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned that because when folks thought this was going to be um another character in the lineage they really couldn't do that because uh, uh lupin himself like arsene lupin his story back in 1905 was essentially the same thing. He's the ancestor of another really popular uh, French folk hero thief. So, Which is if, why he's continuing it. Like, yeah, so yeah. I'm glad that's not the route they went with. I'm sorry, I just wanted to emphasize while you, you after you but said they, that, make sure it was fresh, go ahead. But theme-wise, they kept it because, what you call it, Assange's whole thing is that he is trying to get you know recompense for the past for with now using the methods that he learned from these books well mm -hmm. the book because i'm assuming what he had was a full collection well dude those books often employ like magic and uh well it's not just sleight of hand it goes to like the supernatural and extra extra um well like beyond current science more in the realm of like the way we view steampunk fiction of yeah, yes, they were working with, you know, uh, uh, steam engines and uh, and everything was in the industrial uh, era, yet they could also make, you know, ships that could travel through time because now it's stylized and bronzed and pretty. You know, um, the books go to that realm, which I like, and I thought this series used that to interesting and less impossible, but more oh, musical yes. uh, degrees. Manda, you've been a little silent over there. Your thoughts on Lupin? So I mean, I I really kind of felt like this, th this had like some je ne sais quoi. Like this had a lot of style. Oh, you busting out those busting out <laughs> French things. Well, I mean, the, I don't know what the the I don't know say la vie. Omelette du fromage. Omelette du fromage. Yes. Ah, yes. No, but but in all seriousness, like there was this level of sophistication and style that you know. I mean, I'm a I'm a Frenchophile. Like, I want to go to Paris one day. I'm actually currently trying to learn French because when I go there, I want to speak it. Um, so, I mean, this really kind of gave me like that that fangirl in me. Like, oh, I get to have a little piece of it, and also like, you know, it's nice to see representation because I mean, I know black people exist not just in America, but like, it's nice to see that there. And I think you need um, execution is mine. Black what? There are, hey, there are black <laughs> French people, but no, but like, and I and I love the fact that you know, like, they kind of they kind of set you up to believe, you know, even though you know that this is a thief. So you know, but how good of a thief is he? And obviously, if you've read the books, like, you know, all of the adventures that he goes on and all the things that he does. But if you don't, you're like, oh, they just made this black man a thief. Like he can't get his life straight. Like he he dealing with an ex-wife who I mean they way they way friendly. So like they they played off. No, a lot they're of still these. married. So mm, I thought they uh, split. Yeah, they're, I they're kinda, separated, but legally, I think they're still legally. Legally. Mad. Okay. But like, but I like that they kind of set up like they're kind of on the outs. You know, he's still trying to parent. Like he didn't give his alimony, and then he drops that mad like bundle, and I'm like, oh. Okay, like I thought he was kind of down on his luck, and then it's like, no, 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 no. He is, he is much better than you think. He is literally six steps ahead of where your thought was twenty minutes ago. So like the whole time, I'm like, I feel really dumb, but I love that I feel dumb about this. Like this is executed to a point where like I, you just have to silently clap and appreciate the artistry in all of it. 
because like it, some of this stuff is ingenious. Like one of the episodes, like he's in prison. I'm like, there's no way he got caught, you know, on, on, on without, you know, like on accident. Like this was completely intentional. And then when they finally kind of show you how all that went down, I'm like, wow. Mm. Like the, yeah, the, the cojones on this dude. I like, mean, yeah, especially how he got back out again. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, but mind blown like the whole time. And like, and I love the fact that, you know, like he's engaged with his son and he's sharing, like he's essentially kind of sharing his secret if his son is, you know, smart enough to kind of get hints to what he he does. So it's kind of like passing on the, the legacy maybe to the, you know, the next generation, which, you know, speaks to itself there. So I really, really enjoyed this. And also he fine as hell. Oh, so much so. <laughs> Fine as hell. Right. So you're talking about Omar Sy. He's the dude that stars yeah. in this. Um, he, he if, likes if anyone French doesn't... Idris. Yeah, oh if, my if, god, if you... yeah, I want him and Idris <laughs> to have tea together. Uh, if, if, you you might recognize him top. from, if, you, if you've seen Jurassic World, uh, he was Barry, the dude who ran the um who trained the uh the raptors and ran the uh oh, yeah. the dinosaur sanctuary along oh. with chris pratt in that he's he's gonna be in the sequel too apparently so his character's yeah. still alive there, there's another jurassic world movie coming out yes. yeah i already have i love that everybody's think... just got real like yo what? she got so serious oh, where, where have you been catch... they got so serious like <laughs> did you not catch that fallen kingdom was just essentially a very long trailer for the next movie yeah. No, I I thought once they were oh. done with that, they were done. No, that's a that's a second movie. Abby, that's a next middle. one's gonna be called Dominion. Abby, as long as there is money slash blood to squeeze from that stone, we will get Jurassic blank movies till the till doomsday. Anyways, oh. um, yeah, no, Omar. He also played Bishop in Days of Future Past for that brief I intro uh, period where they show the presence slash future. Uh, where everything gone straight to hell. He was the cat, cat who was cast as Bishop, and no one recognized because we're like, "Yo, that that ain't that ain't the dude I remember from the cartoon. Why don't he sound Southern? Where's Dwayne Johnson in this? You know, it's like." Um, but after seeing him in after seeing him in Lupin, I would hope that if they brought Bishop back to those movies, that they might give this dude a little more to do because he's got the chops. He definitely got the chops. Um, and I, I like Lupin. I like this. I like the presentation that they gave. I know we didn't mention a lot about what happened in the story, but I don't want to give too much away because no. the the actual um, uh, like crimes in this, I like the way they were delineated because you see things play out, and then for a couple of them, they when they go his way or if they go his way or if they don't, you see what he had in the works and how everything fit. And it's kind of slick because he's not perfect. He's not perfect. No. He's fallible. We watch him build through the process. And when it does work out in his favor, we're riveted the whole time. I was riveted the whole time. Yeah. And oh, I love a good heist story, man. I really do. I got to oh, give this see. a thumbs up. This was uh, a solid, uh, a solid series. I can't wait for part two. And the fact that I was, I, I was happy. <laughs> Look at you. All right. Well done. Um, but yeah, no, I'm jazzed for it. I'm jazzed for it. Shayna. Yeah. I give it a thumbs up too. And because not wanting to give away like anything because all the episodes are interconnected with the same mystery um i really do like the way they did the reveals of how stuff happened i, I i'm a big well, i'm a geek so like i love well especially when it comes to heist movies like 
I love when they show it like after the fact as everything has already, you know, all the wheels have already been turning and they're about to get away. And then they show you how they got there and how they planned for whatever mistakes that happened. Like, I love that part of heist movies so much. So like they pulled that off very nicely in this, I think. Um, the editing for the show is so good that they really pull together. And also because there's a lot of jumping in the past, like you see a lot of flashbacks of his of him when he's a child. And so I like the way it was all threaded together. It worked for me, so thumbs up. All right. Amanda, how about you? I think overall so far for me, the thing that stands out the best or the strongest is, you know, you, you don't often get, you know, comfortable father-son stories. Like the dynamics are usually very jilted because like we want him to have progression and growth. And I kind of love the fact that like, they it was a very gently it was gently handled throughout the episodes like i really liked that um and yeah i i just want more of this like now Thumbs wow up. okay um that was that was a little thirstier than i, I just, expected i'm a tad thirsty let me get this h2o right quick I, right. I lost my it's, water somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Lupin. It's uh, currently on Netflix now. It's part one of a, uh, of a, I'm not sure how many installments actually, because I was seeing seven earlier. I was seeing 10 in other places. But either At way, there's two. going to be part two. No, I mean two parts, <laughs> but I'm trying to think episodes specifically. But check it out. It stars Omar Sy. I had the full cast list up, but most of them are French actors that you may or may not be familiar with. But it stars Omar Sy, Vincent Landes, um, uh, Ludivine Sagnier uh pierre so if y'all familiar with these cats work check them out if you're not i mean i told you come on now but it's dude it's blowing our minds man it's kind of cool check it out and it's also again emphasize not the lupon animated movie or lupon the yes. third Lupin. now let's talk about billionaire island abby and afosa i know you all are with me on this this amazing graphic novel that we got to read that is wild af now billionaire island is a blunt it was a blunt as hell sat uh, satire uh, aimed directly oh at the mega rich of today. It's set in uh, 2045, so fairly in the future, but not too far in the future where stuff couldn't happen. And, and what happened in this is climate change um, caused a well, huge catastrophe that's destroying the global coastlines and rendering many of the regions of the world uninhabitable. So the overpopulation and food supply, these are the major concerns of the day. And the wealthy elites have decided that they, um, they have the way to, to save the human race, which is significantly reducing the population. And that's going to be their method of survival. Along with that, they have their own island refuge where, yes, we'll save the world. And then we can also separate ourselves from the riffraff while we do it. That's where the story of Billionaire Island comes yep. in. All right, so execution. Your impressions, please. Of they are the riffraff. Um, man, do you, who are you telling? After reading this thing, I was thinking the same thing. But wow, this story, wow. Uh, especially with the yeah. kind of events that's happened. But wow, <laughs> like this Rick Canto really is. Uh, it, it's one of those things where as I, the more I read it, the more I got to the point where it's like yo i really hate this guy but like when he talks when he acts when he does things like rick Cantor really sees himself as like the savior this hero of the yeah. 
I'm creating a savior because it's going to be the end of the world. Um, people are, you know, there's too many people around. So, and, you know, resources are going up, but I'm just going to help people by feeding them food. But then you don't want to tell people like, oh, hey, by the way, there's like this pesticide that's going to stop people from reproducing. And, you know, there's a side effect where you could actually die. But hey, I'm helping people by feeding them. And then you got all these billionaires who are so far up there, you know, their butts and just smelling themselves that they're thinking like they're helping now. They're, they're creating jobs like at one point there was a there was a video uh, that one of the rich people make it was called alien versus predator where it was like <laughs> this, this guy <laughs> like, it's like that was, I had to... yo i'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not like... hating notes that, that, that part, I, I, I laughed out loud at that part, yo. It was just like, <laughs> oh you see them like, set up the story and it was like, this is, this is weird stuff. And then they give yeah, a name and I'm like, going, oh. <laughs> And it, it made sense though, because it's like, yo, the guy is a child molester, but then this it dude- did. And this dude alien is alien <laughs> But they just uh, literally like did that and they yeah. just thought that was like a great theme. And then like, like, there's also another show called Last Will, where apparently you're able to get paid, but you could tell your family like, oh, hey, by the and that's a really popular show and stuff like that. And then like people were so, yo, this man, this Rick Cancel guy had people locked up in this freaking cage with a hamster wheel, mm. literally dropping money down and pellets and food and water. And most of the people there were just chilling, relaxing, like, you know what? And that one, what was it? That one woman just like was just so content. Just the, the blonde woman? Happy yes. to be there. It's just all part of the plan. We're going to get, yeah. get better. You know, why would he give us this money and all this food and all this stuff like that? And the water's just like, no, we don't need to go out there. It's, mm. it's crazy. There's a <laughs> lot of allegories for famous people now, including um, the dude Rick Canto is very obviously Mark Zuckerberg, which is like, that's an in your face one. Oh, is uh, he Mark the cat's Zuckerberg, in the show. It's totally Mark Zuckerberg. Amazon. It could be too. Dude, his look, it could have been either one of them. Um, I don't I only say Mark Zuckerberg because he's insisting on wearing those t-shirts. Um, yeah. the uh the the okay, we made you, you saw about Alien vs. Predator, dude. That was totally Steven Seagal and Louis C.K. And I'm just like Yeah, it was uh, okay, all right, but um not to get too deep in the weeds, Abby, your yeah. impressions, please. Oh my god, the the references and so I didn't know what to expect, but as I started to read the first uh, first sort of one, I was like, I wonder where which direction this will go. Will it sort of just be like showing us how just stuck up and crazy these people are? Or will it sort of go like, or is it just beyond like the Gilmore Girls surface level of like stuck up? And then you like realize that like, they are quite literally the worst people imaginable. The story here is um, the rich folks are trying to save the world. Their methods they, for, for saving the world are things like, well, we'll, we'll introduce new food products that contain a poison that will um, create a virus that kills off a lot of people. And this will solve our issues because it only triggers with folks who have a specific gene and folks will get sick, but you won't die this horrible death unless you specifically contain this. And then we meet our, we meet one of our main characters who is a guy who used to be all about that. Yeah, I'm gonna do my part for America and I'm gonna join this company and do good and help save the world. And then 
it turns out that he is a security team that accompanies this virus to the testing grounds and it affects him, but more importantly, it affects his wife and kills them and everyone else gruesomely, brutally, and then goes on this mission of revenge. We also meet the reporter who's reporting on the story, getting involved in this world and a couple other people. I like when they introduce the architects of, um, of Billionaire Island itself and how he was a dude who is unofficially on the inside, but also choosing to be on the outside because he knows these people are dumb as hell. And everything his story way bad. was just so interesting. His story was, man. I thought it yeah. was, yeah, dude. Uh, this was this was a really interesting story. This was, I think, one of the most clever bits of uh, uh, social commentary and satire I've read in a long time. And I thought going in, it was just going to be this goofy ass weird story, and instead <laughs> it turned. I mean, it was, but it was, it was also a lot more clever uh, than I was ready for. And the allegories of famous people I thought was funny. The little story bits here and there that take you away from the serious message and let you have these moments of, damn, they did that. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right. And yeah. now I'm back to it. Like, uh. I, I love it. Yo, the TV shows especially. The damn TV shows. You brought up my favorite. <laughs> Alien Yo, versus man, Predator. TV shows weird. was horrible, bro. Like, the TV shows I were I know. That's the thing. They were horrible. Funny. Yo, I when mean... they suggested when they gave that alternate suggestion of another way to, to save the world is to uh, take um, is to take the people that lose the lottery and mulch them into like a slurry and then feed them to the people that win the lottery. I'm like, what? Oh my God. The whole, oh, it, was, it was straight out of, green in there. Yeah, yes. it was straight, it was straight <laughs> out of like odd world. It's like, it's like, no, we'll sell them a canned product of our, of our mystery meat that saves the world. Not knowing that you're eating the other, oh, yo, it was, it was, it was, I, it was, it was palpable. It was something is what it was. Yes, yeah. I give this a thumbs up. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this, like way more than I expected to, way more than I thought I might. Um, and it just, it just, it just worked for me. Fo, you should know. Man, uh, thumbs up. This reading Billionaire Island made me like real glad that I've like, I've taken time for myself to work on my own projects, work on myself. Like I learned how to just go into the stock market recently, so. Like, I, I wonder why. Yeah. Like this, <laughs> yo, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm glad, but I'm I want to be, be financially you... free because I feel like uh, a lot of us are like those people that was just in that room, in the waiting room, mind you. That's the worst the... part about it. He yes, called it that room the waiting room. It was even on the door. Wait, so, so, exactly. so. Did that affect, up, man. Did that but my okay, gosh, right. I don't want to be that at, like the people in the waiting room. I don't. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I'm also glad you said stock market. I thought you were going to say my skills in mulching people and feeding them back. It could have gone either way. But Abby. we'll get there. Uh, I'm also going to have to say this is a thumbs up. Um, I didn't. I I didn't know what I was getting into. I mean, that's what it's like for a lot of the things that I watch he, uh, for this podcast or read. And but this was probably one of the funniest that I've done a review for, and it was totally worth it. All right. Um, it's called Billionaire Island. We definitely had positive impressions, which it was a shock going in. But yo, dude, it's so satisfying to read. Yeah, so satisfying. Highly recommended. Uh, it's available now from um, Ahoy Comics. You can find the individual issues too, but we're talking about it because it came out in trade. So get the graphic novel if you can. Got a lot of great art by, um, oh, I got his name written here. Hold on a second. By Steve Pugh and written by Mark Russell. And Dude, I mean, I think we said all there is to say, which is good because we're also out of time. 
We are over time. But I want to thank you all for joining us from the action-packed, fun-filled episode. If you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. Also, do go to the website. If you want to check out the rest of our reviews and news and random talks and good stuff, go to geek-down.com and check out our stuff but also there's a whole network of shows at your avail if you go to villains.wtf you can see all the shows brought up by our network and our friends that talk about everything from hot sauces to sex toys to what's good in celebrity gossip today to what's bad in your uh, video game experience to all the weirdness and wild stuff and not, not just all that, at the same time not all at the same time this is true that can get very loud but now manda panda also you have some projects going on you want to tell the people Yes, I do. So if you don't catch me here, you can catch me on my Twitch channel, Black and Pat, that I do with my sister. Uh, I stream on Friday, 7 to 9. I usually play a game and I'm commenting and reacting to my experience. That we have a community night on Wednesdays that my sister hosts, where sometimes we play Jackbox or like some community games. Sometimes we play Gears and we just chat. And every other Sunday we get together and we do the tribunal, which is a little heavier of topics, usually around inclusivity and representation in the nerd space, whether that's TVs, movies, video games, you name it, we talk about it. Um, and yeah, it's a fun time. We have a Discord, so you should check us out over there. All right. And as always, I want to thank Abby. Thank you. I want to thank Manda. Of course. I want to thank Executioner. Eat the rich. I want to thank my ace, Shayna Shay. <laughs> and I want <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank you fine people reminding you you can catch us right here next time same back time same back channel but until then be excellent to each other peace <laughs>